We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Al Aquino said, UNC went to the championship last year. None of them dudes going. Armando Baycock is going, though. Dude, first of all, Caleb Love was a, after his performance in the tournament, Caleb Love, for went, he was projected to go first round. He decided to come back. He turned down a first round pick to come back and win a championship. And, Period. And tournament. That's crazy. Now, the fact that he had a terrible season this year, he messed up. He, he messed had, it up. He just did his Matt Barkley and shit. He was hot as fish grease. You gotta go when you hot. He you was just, hot as fish yeah. grease. Yeah, you can't coming off that last year. Come on, you can't you can't fall in love with the. He blew that. If you max out your talent, leave. It's okay. Dude, he it's was okay. hot as he let his boys. He let R.J. Davis and his boys talk him into coming back to win a championship, bro. You a lottery pick right now. You hot as fish grease. You dropping like back to back thirty games, yeah. jump he shot might, is fire. He might not even be. He might be second round now. That, I mean, there you go. Damn. See, basketball sucks. There's only no, two don't. rounds you can get drafted. Like Jay Henry said, Villanova. I think Dante Divincenzo was the MVP of that game and got yeah. taken in the first round. Yes, Divincenzo's a baller that game too. Jalen Bronson was on that squad. You see how Jalen Bronson. You have to have dudes. Gotta have dudes. You're not winning a championship in college basketball without dudes. Without dudes, no. You're not. It's just like college football. You're not. As much as people want to talk about, you know, how competitive it is. Like I said, dude, six of the 16 teams have a lottery player. And we're really getting cheated because the dudes that are playing in the G League should yeah. be should be playing in a tournament, yeah, yeah, which would make yeah. it better. Would you so you feel crazy? like you're being cheated, but it is what it is. It, it, imagine, it is what it is. Uh, Scooter Henderson in the playoffs. It's it's crazy, and yeah, Macau Bridges was on that team. Look, people act like Jay Wright was just out there coaching bums. Jay Wright has players in the NBA just. Let's, <laughs> <laughs> You cannot win championships, whether it's football, basketball, without having dudes, man. You just can't. You can't. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's a what's, what's the coach? What's the coach? What's the coach 
he was like 60 years old. He, name skips my mind right now. He left Michigan. He was there before Jawan Howard. He left Michigan. He went to the Cavs. He failed miserably. This dude went and got both Wagner brothers, right? He had oh, Trey yeah. Burke. Trey Burke. He had Tim Hardaway Jr. Yep. He went yeah. and got dudes and turned that pro. That's Jordan what Michigan. Poole. Jordan Poole from Chicago. Oh, he from Chicago too? Yeah, that's why I was kind of embarrassed when he got smacked that way by Trey Burke. <laughs> I ain't really want to say too much. Yeah. Oh, he lost his shot. That's, that's one that's one of those where you don't claim like oh he didn't yeah. respond like a Chicago, you know. No, no, but no, seriously. Point number two, you need to do. You need to do the game. We had um Luke Hezen, uh Hezen Goldie, Hezenberg, Hezen, Luke Heron Goldie. Heron Goldie. I don't know, but yeah, Karis LeBert was another player. Harrison Bird was that nice. came through that program at that time. You need some dudes, man. You're not winning without dudes. We you had Aaron, the year we had, we had Jaron Grant, Demetrius, uh, Zach August. We had some dudes. That's why we got to Elite Eight. But who Elite. was the dude? Who was that lottery pick? Frank Kaminsky. He was nice that year for Wisconsin. When they won, because didn't Wisconsin win? Yeah. No, no, they didn't win. They got to the final four. They lost to Duke. Oh, that's right. Because Duke had up. like Duke had like three lottery picks on their squad, and Grayson Allen was coming off the bench. <laughs> Who's in the league? Who's in the league? Who's in the league? We had Pat, Pat Connaughton, though. That's... Man, Pat Connaughton is not a dude, man. He's a role player in the league. Fit. So that's a dude you compare him to Kevin. He's Kevin Durant now. Oh, it's only one Kevin Durant. Pat Connaughton is a well-respected 10-year vet with a ring. That has to mean something. Giannis, Batman, and Robin, you know? We, but what was the point we're making? <laughs> you got Pat Connaughton was not carrying anybody to a championship in college. Stop that. Stop it. You, you Stop it. We got to run back their little tournament run. He was. Oh, they had a great game against Kentucky. That game against yeah. Kentucky was amazing. We should have won. won that game. Amazing. That's number two. You need a dude. Notre Dame, you got to go get some dudes to win a championship in college football. You need some dudes, some first-round dudes. You're not winning a national championship without first-round dudes on the roster. We got first-round guys, though. Who? Who? Isaiah Fosky. One. You need multiple. Okay. Um, Michael Mayer. Michael Mayer, obviously. And uh, you're not guaranteed that Foskey's going first round. He, okay, we're talking about projected. He's projected first round. Okay. You know, anything can happen in the first round. <laughs> okay. But, but uh, the talent level, I how think. Many, we wait, have, wait, wait, wait. This is the first round talent. How many does Georgia have going first round this year? Okay, but that's. No, 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 because we're talking about winning championships. Stop taking it personal. <laughs> You're not winning championships in college football. They have 25 stars. It doesn't matter. That's that's a first-round talent. That's why they killing it at Georgia. Okay, go get talent. 
Go get two five stars. You don't have to get 20. Our, our Go get two or three every year. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Our fate changes at Notre Dame with a quarterback, a five-star quarterback. That's how our fate changes. We got first-round talent, maybe not five-star talent. We yeah. got first-round talent because a lot of first-rounders don't even be five-stars in high school. So we got the talent of a first-rounder, but Dude, we per- first-rounder at the quarterback position. Or we just going to be happy? Not necessarily. I mean, Georgia doesn't have a first-round quarterback. Uh, not talent wise, but he might, he might, you know. Come on, man. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Malik <laughs> is trying to take the point of this conversation, like totally just derail it. The third thing that the tournament showed that college basketball, just like college football, you can say what you want to. The world, I can go find six one, six two, six three guards that can hoop. Oh, yeah, they're, okay. they're everywhere. Yeah, the tournament shows you that every year. They're everywhere. It's 5'7", 5'9", 6 foot, 6'1", six, 6'3", six, guards that can hoop. Who will be great everywhere. corners, by the way. Who will be great corners and make a lot more money, you know. They're everywhere. They can hoop. And what does everyone say? When you get the march, you need guards. Well, guards are at a premium. Everybody, you can go find a guard hanging on a tree in an inner city anywhere. There's anywhere. good guards all over the world. Anywhere. Everywhere. You know what's you know what's not all over the world? Big man. Six seven, six eight, six nine skilled, big athletic players. Oh, like That's fours, cool. like fours and threes and stuff. Threes, fours, fives. Mm, yeah. You look, you look at, let's look at it. Kansas mm-hmm. State. They yep. got Keontae Johnson from Florida. He's nice. Michigan State. Yep. Always they're always. UConn. Yep, oh, Arkansas. Arkansas has two lottery picks on their team. Rejected. <laughs> two! And they're an eight seed left. But yeah, you're wondering yeah. how they're able to win games. No, yeah, they Eric got Mossman. Lottery picks. They have dudes. Tennessee. Not so much. Tennessee is almost like a reincarnation of the Detroit Pistons and the New York Knicks <laughs> of the 90s, dude. No, no lottery picks is tough. <laughs> no, Florida Atlantic. Right? I think they have 
uh, with Davis, they Janelle Davis, they have a borderline first round, but their style is different. Like they play, they hit, they hit 10 threes a game. They play upbeat. That's why that Florida Atlantic Fairleigh Dickinson game was so phenomenal because they play the same way. And Florida Atlantic just had more at the end of the game. Then you had UCLA. Amari Bailey's probably going to end up being a lottery pick down the line. Yeah. Maybe not this year. Gonzaga has Drew Timmy's going to be a first round pick. Be a first round pick. Heck, he's been at Gonzaga long enough. He should be the best interior player. Yeah. Right? But what did they do? Gonzaga consistently couldn't get over the hump. So guess what Mark Few went and did? He went to the transfer portal. He found a bunch of six, 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 seven guys that were big, athletic, and skilled. And it came through yesterday in that matchup that allowed them to get past TCU. Miami, they got a Wong is absolutely amazing. Jim Laranega always has great guards. Jim Laranega got to a Final Four with uh, Vermont, bro. Well, not Vermont, but uh, I forget the name of the squad. He beat Connecticut uh, and went to the Final Four with. He can coach his tail off, but he goes out and he gets long, athletic dudes, 6'7", six, 6'8", six, versatile. It helps the defense. You can switch. You don't have to drop coverage and allow the, the best guards in the country, which are on full display in the tournament, to have their way. Creighton. I watched Creighton in Arkansas in the semifinal of the Maui Classic back in December. It was yeah. a heavyweight bout. Yeah. Talk about two teams that went through injuries, dealt with tough times, and now the cream is rising back to the top because they were both top 15 teams at the time. Yeah. People projected them to be Sweet 16 teams, and here we are. Princeton, so the goal, you know the, the difference. You know the difference between Princeton now and Princeton old. They have two six nine big men that can shoot, dribble, pass, dunk, block shots. That's a. They're more athletic. They're more athletic, so they're more dangerous. As many guards as you want to have, and this goes to football. As many wide receivers, running backs, all of those special talented players you have on the perimeter, the game is won and the advantage is taken in the trenches. Yes. You, you need bigs yes. in basketball and football to yes. win games. Bigs. Everybody, look, you can talk about it. Look. Skill Walker, bigs. Skill bigs. Agard, Walker. Fantastic guard combination from Michigan State. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Once Malik Hall, 6'7", small four, power four, got hurt, Michigan State was trash. They was trash. They were trash. They couldn't do nothing, it looked like. Because it, it forced Joey Hauser to play his position. Joey Hauser is not as skilled as Malik Hall. He's not right. as good defensively, so it hurt their team defense. What did Izzo say yesterday? We found our defense at the end of the season. Why? Malik Hall got healthy. Your big athletic skill big got healthy. Now your defense is locked in. Now your offense can run fluid because he can stretch guys out and yep. open the lanes for your guards to do work. It's, it's the same thing in football. Your bigs up front make it easier for the little guy. The skill, 
ones. If they make it easier for the skilled guy, you're not winning without the big dudes. This is why Justice Scott visiting this weekend is, yo, it's vitally important moving forward for this Notre Dame program. Vitally. You have to get the Justice Scotts of the world into Notre Dame and into the program. You have to. That's the only way you're going to win national championships. You need dudes that are big guys. Got to get bodies. You have to. TCU had Quentin Johnson. They had all of these small wide receivers that run 4-2-4-3. Yep. They had the quick running backs. They had Max Dugan. Texas is always crazy with recruiting because they always have fast, like even Texas now. Man. a great squad. I'm sitting here and I'm saying to myself, I'm watching this basketball tournament. Yeah. And it's just like college football. Yeah. Nothing's changed. You're not winning with a bunch of dudes. You don't have to have a team full of seven-footers. No. But you better have a nice collection of six, 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 seven, six, eight, six, nine big athletic skill people that can play both ends of the floor. That's right. Because that's what gives you the advantage. That's what gives you the advantage. So you got to have coaching, number one. It's the right. same as college football as it is in the tournament. Coaching right. is premium. Number two. You gotta have dudes. Dudes. Lottery. You gotta have dudes to win championships. And number three, not only do you need to have dudes, you got dark, you gotta have some heart, bro. Yeah. The styles make fights. That's the amazing thing. Styles make fights. That's what made Ohio State against Georgia so intriguing. Ohio State had one of the only styles that could probably take advantage of Georgia. And that's the best quarterback in the country and, and they, the best receiver in the country. And the best receivers. It was the same thing that allowed Alabama to take advantage of Georgia in the SEC championship game the previous year. They had the same formula. Three first-rounders. The same formula. Yeah. And it still wasn't enough. No. You know why? Georgia had them dudes. They had the dudes. This is what I love about Marcus Freeman. Marcus Freeman, to me, to me, left. And this is the coach he reminded me of when I was watching the tournament. Do you remember the coach of Fairleigh Dickinson before they played? Uh, Purdue. Yeah. Holman Anderson was caught saying, the more I watch Purdue, the more I feel like we can beat We can beat him. Yeah. Marcus Freeman had a moment like that. It was on the Monday before the Clemson game. You go listen to that press conference. Marcus Freeman pretty much said, we're ready. On a Monday, left. Yeah. Yeah, my, my team is ready to go win on a Monday. That was coming off of the bar. That was coming off of that good win. What I think that was coming. Was that coming off the Syracuse win? Yeah, it was coming off the Syracuse win. Coming off the Syracuse win? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I remember pointing it out like, yo, this dude is really confident. Like, he has seen something. 
Because we were clicking in the Syracuse game. Yes, he's yeah. seen something and watching this this film of Clemson, where he's like, "Yo, yeah," because yeah. Clemson had just struggled with Syracuse, had just struggled with them the game before, right? Yeah, because yeah. I think Kane Clubnick had to come in and rescue. Well, not yeah, you know, had to come in or went down to the wire. DJ didn't play, but you know. That that's what stood out to me, Left. Yeah. It is very much college basketball is very much just like college football when it comes to winning. It's not a little man's game. It's just not. Neither one of them are little bit game for a little bit. Like can guards have great performances? Absolutely. But those that win championships, you think about Kansas last year. I think that starting lineup with six two six 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 seven six eight. It was crazy. You had like Brown, Wilson, uh, Abaji. Dude, they do. Abaji's a beast too. The game is about the game is about the big dudes. It's about the big dudes. It's about the big dudes. We definitely need to recruit those big dudes up front. We need the big dudes to take that next step. Defensively, we need a big 330D tackle. Man, that just makes you feel complete. And I'm with you, Left. I think Notre Dame has talent. That's not what we were, you know, discussing. I think everybody in the Sweet 16 has talent. Okay, better question. Do you think we have dudes that just haven't been – unlocked in their potential that is very much a, a possibility left that is very much a possibility but once again that goes to the coaching right yes that goes to the coaching that goes to the coaching and so it's, it's going to be very interesting to see how Notre Dame in the 24 class and the 25 class Deal with the big dudes. I'll be honest. I might not be impressed. They already have Cam Williams in the fold. If they add a Ryan Wingo, if they add a a Robinson, if they add an Emmett Mosley, like, okay, that's back-to-back great classes at the wide receiver. But what does it mean? What does it mean? If the defensive line recruiting. What does it mean? And the offensive line recruited is up to snuff. Like ultimately, what is it going to mean in the chase for a national championship? Yeah, it'll it will can be considered a nice class, but how close are you to winning a national championship? The national championship is coming down to D linemen, receivers, and quarterbacks. If you have some really, really good D linemen, really, really good receivers. And a really good quarterback, that's a recipe for a playoff spot, potentially championship. You know, so, and this is not an absolute, right? But I'm just giving you something that every year bears out in college football and college basketball. Lottery players usually lead. You usually find the lottery players in the Sweet 16, in the Elite Eight. Like I said, dude, Arkansas has three players 
that might get drafted in the first round. Arkansas was an eight seed, bro, that beat my Alana. They got three, they had three dudes in the starting lineup that could go first round. And you wonder why they're doing so well. Talent, man. Talent and but good coaching. But that's what we're missing, though. We're missing the three components to a national championship team. A first round quarterback, first round D lineman. Or yep. first-round receivers. That's how Alabama won. D-lineman, first-round receivers, first-round quarterback. Clemson, when they went to that national championship, Trevor Lawrence, the four D-lineman All-American, and then T. Higgins, Justin Ross, and Hunter Renfro. Georgia, first-round ability, Stetson Bennett, yeah. the D-lineman, Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, Nolan Smith, uh, the dude that got drafted to the Jags first round last year, Trayvon Walker. Uh, and then they had George Pickens, uh, AJ Mitchell, uh, the guy that went to Alabama, Burton. Burton, they won a championship. Where are we always missing? We always missing that impactful D line, receivers that are untapped. And a quarterback that's not giving us enough. That's why we lose the big games. We look at the game versus uh, USC. Go ahead, Lef. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, my bad. USC is missing missing the D lineman. Uh That's why they can't get there. They They can make a run, but you need the three pieces. Ohio State, it was nice. First generational quarterback, receivers, and a D line. Chase Young, all the Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa. That's the recipe. Michigan thought they had it. JJ McCarthy, Hayden Hutchinson, but yeah. receivers that just you know not impactful enough. And he showed in a TCU game. Yeah, TCU they had no D lineman, had no chance against Georgia. They had everything else. Tim Tebow at quarterback and the receiver Quentin Johnson and the little fast guys, but no D line. So until we get a, I'm talking about it's got to be an all star D line, not just a couple guys, because that's what we always lacking. Yeah. If we just get a first round D line, everything else is going to be all right because you're rushing the quarterback. Your your secondary can be a little. Uh, you you know. When, when your boy Robert Hainsey joined us, and he said, man, I know we can beat these teams, man. I just feel like, man, we can beat these teams. I just don't know what the difference is. The dudes, dudes, the dudes, the dudes, quarterback. Because, wait a minute, because the Alabama offensive line does not have to face the same caliber of dudes that your offensive, Notre Dame's offensive line always has to go up against a different caliber. In, in in playoff games, Notre Dame's offensive line always has to face a better defensive line than their counterparts on the other and side. Their counterparts every single time. Every single time. Whenever we lose the game, it's because the D-line that our O-line is facing yeah. is better than the, <laughs> than the counterpart. 
every time. Yeah. We don't go into practice, not since 2012, where I think we had a good O-line, D-line battle where you couldn't find too many D-lines better than our D-line and vice versa. But out of the championship teams, what D-line was Notre Dame's D-line better than? Not one of them. Not one of them. Not one of them. We went better than Alabama's D-line. We went better than Oregon's D-line. As a collective. Yeah. But that's why they stayed in top 10, and we can't get in the top 10. Untapped receiver potential. We don't even have a – we had Charlie Jones outgain our whole room. Can Alabama's laughing at that. They're like, who is Charlie? Charlie Jones would even start at the top four schools that went to the playoffs last year. So until we unlock the potential in those two rooms, I think the quarterback, I think we got that piece. The other two pieces, we I think we we can we can do something with the receiver piece. But the third missing ingredient, yeah, the eggs to the cake. We missing that, or is yet to be seen going in the next year. That's all because everything else is gonna be straight. We have enough talent as a team to get through all these teams. When it gets to those three games, those three components are gonna be the ones that stand out the most. Because those are the ones that's gonna get you over the hump. Your receivers, your quarterback, and your D-line. Every game, I'm telling you, every big yeah. game that we've lost is because we didn't have all three. And the other team did. That's the difference. What's the, what are we missing? The, those three. The impactful D-line. It's been seen with Georgia and Alabama the last three, four years. Georgia's so impressive because their D-line is so impressive. Yeah. That's why they're – that's where it starts. And then they they sprinkle in, you know, the Keely Ringo kid and a couple of secondaries. But the secondary for Georgia has always been kind of suspect. Even when they was making a run this year and last year, they secondary was the weakest part of their team. Yeah. Because the strongest part of their team, but all that mattered was that front seven. Yeah. Now, see, this is because I'm looking at the chat, and the chat has, you know, saying like NIL and where do you find these dudes? Okay. Let's say you don't get Jalen Carter. Let's say you don't get Trayvon Walker. Will, Will, let's say you don't get Will Anderson. You know, who you, you know who you can get Tyree Wilson who went to Texas tech. Keon how about, Keon. how about Luke Van Ness that went to Iowa? If you can't get those dudes, go get the next best dudes that end up being first round picks. Like, there's no shortage of big dudes around the country that can play football at a high level. No shortage. Go find them. Go find them. Chicago has two in the 24 class. Two. Justin Scott and Marquise Lightfoot. Two. Go get them. A.J. Espinez's little brother is coming next year. Get him too. You know where to where to find them. They're all over the place. 
Wait, whoa, whoa, they ain't all over the place. No, no I'm saying they're there. all over the place. If they can, if they can end up at Texas Tech and Iowa, then heck, Notre Dame can get them. At Iowa, Jesus Christ. Notre Dame can get them. Iowa, right up the street now. Find them and develop. Find them and develop. That's it. That's but, we need, but we need one of them, them raw D line coaches, you know, them the mean, you know, the, the inverse of a Harry Heaston, like the Harry Heaston villain, you know. Somebody that's got person that you know, we that's what a D line coach is. We've had really great, great guys that were D line coaches. Elson's a great guy, you know. Yeah, bring him over, have a couple beers with him, great dude. And like the article we had a full show on with the athletic. You look at the all-pro offensively, first team in the NFL, it's about skill. Most of those guys weren't even five stars. Most of the receivers that were all-pro first team weren't five stars. Offensive linemen weren't five stars. Quarterbacks weren't five stars. But you go to the defensive side of the ball where it's all about physicality and your physical traits, you see more five stars pop up. On the all pro team. So look. They 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 look, mentioned look at the film, physical traits. They, they mentioned Jerry, develop. But think about how different Jerry was to even bring in as a five-star D lineman. He did he does not a regular five-star D lineman as a person. You know, Jerry was in Paris his freshman year, <laughs> chilling at the Eiffel. He went, he ain't no regular. He's, he's a different dude. He's a different dude. Now, can you get a room full of Jerry's? No. But that's the first round talent. That's the last first dominant first round out the gate Quentin Nelson style D lineman that we've gotten in the last 10 years. Facts. And and that guy particularly is, is so... Like he wasn't going to LSU. Come on. He wasn't going to Georgia or Alabama. Not if you know him. Not if you know him. Not if you know him. That's not so we can't get a bunch of guys like that. That's well, most I don't there are not a lot of big guys that are like carved out like Jerry Tillery. You know what I mean? When's the last time we got a Lou? Rest in peace, big Lou. But when's the last time we got a, a mean streak? Irish chocolate like that. That was what three hundred nose tackle personality. And look, we we mentioned we mentioned the guys that went to Texas Tech and Iowa. You can go get those guys and develop those guys, but you can't you can't win for guys like Miles Murphy. You can't beat Clemson out for defensive linemen. After spanking them, after spanking, at, at some point you have to flip spanking them on the field into wins in the recruiting wars, especially along the defensive front. This is how you build, you know. And it's like, right. how do we do it? That's how you do it: kick their butt on the field, and then go kick their butt in recruiting. That's what we need to do. We need to become D line you. I think that would change the program night and day. Man. If we became D-line you and had two first-round ends 
We will be national champions tomorrow. Just, just spend a whole offseason trying to get a five-star D-line, and I guarantee we can have Angeli start next year. And we'll go undefeated. Give me a Jalen Carter and a and a and a and a, and a bring back Fowski or something. You would go undefeated. And it goes back to as we get ready to transition over to re- recruiting before we get out of here. It transitions us with this point. Notre Dame is just a different place. <laughs> yeah, just a different place. It is. And it was tough to hear Cam as he co-hosted with me Friday say. I think we need to realize that Notre Dame is just different. And everybody's not for Notre Dame, and Notre Dame's not for everybody. And we might have to settle for winning a championship every 10 years. Oh, man. Like, if we think we're about to go run off this Alabama run, and I was like, he said he doesn't know if that's really possible. Because we can't keep consistent D linemen. You got to win when we strike hot and get a Jerry Tiller. We got to capitalize off of that. We got three years to capitalize. And in three years, if we stack a, a Romeo up with that, yeah, who's a different guy? But we got to get Justin Scott and Keon Keeley. We can do that. We had them or have them, have one. But those two, like like they said, we'd be halfway there. But getting them and and halfway there, two different things, you know. <laughs> you know, so that's that's why we asked the LL question of the day to Notre Dame fans: Would you be cool if Notre Dame won a national championship every ten years? If you got two titles over the next twenty years, would you be cool with that? You know. Because that would be a step back from the mindset that most Notre Dame fans have. You would be for Notre Dame fans to say, "Yeah, I would be cool with that." You're you're resigning yourself from what you really feel. You've come to a place of resignation. Like keep it a buck. No one when Marcus Marcus Freeman took the job, no one was thinking one every ten years. We were like, "Man, we're about to get two by the, the next two, five three, years." Or the- Rod in Miami. Now <laughs> two. Ride out on this thing. Right. So we're at a point where, man, I don't know. It's been 35 years, man. I think at this point, a lot of fans would be like, yo, I'll just take, just give me the first one. I'll deal with the rest after that. Right? And Johnny S says one title, uh, one title every four years. Johnny, I'm sorry to tell you, if some things don't change in NIL and some other areas, that's not happening. It's not happening, yeah. It's not happening. It's not happening. I got D Rock Irish. You got some paper. It's like, it's like we had a place, we had a place like we're 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 like Eric Bellenemy. I mean, well, you put a you put an L in his name, but I know who you talk. <laughs> the enemy. We interviewed fifteen times. We right uh-huh. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. Winning, you know, we winning and everything, but we interviewed fifteen times for the big shot. 
and they just like, I don't know. Yeah. He might get one. He got a half step closer to getting assisted head. I already know you can do that. Yeah. 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 But until that Rooney rule changes, he ain't getting no head coaching job. Whatever the, whatever they got over his head, we're like Mark Jackson. We might as well just be good with commentating, building some nice foundations, you know. But, you know. <laughs> oh, KL, that's so, man, that's beautiful. That's so beautiful. That's so optimistic. He said, Three. yep, like UG, like UGA 40-year drought. Now look at them. Yeah, look at them. We had 35. Look at them. They have an administration willing to do any and everything to help their head coach win championships. Yeah, look at them. Yeah. Must be nice. <laughs> look at them. It must be nice. It must be nice. That's, <laughs> I mean... I just listened to him, bro, because I didn't know whether I wanted to resign myself to that. But it makes you think. It makes you think. Justice Scott. In 2015, we had divine inspiration on the team to play beyond our team. Yeah. And we only – we was four points away from making the playoffs. Lost to the team and ended up going and winning it. So, or losing it first year, going back and winning it. That was last time we had that type of inspiration on the team. Now it's just like, you need some more personality in that locker room, maybe. I don't know. D Lyman, you need to get the big. I'm telling you, if we just got 300, 310, and then 265 and a 285 D line. Yeah. We could put a bunch of whoever back there. Yeah. And Nick Coleman's all that secondary. <laughs> we will win a no, 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 no. I need people that's going to make a play on the ball. I don't need people in position and it still <laughs> give up the reception. You know, no. it's going to be good because he's going to be covering. No. <laughs> They're not going to get the ball off, though, because we got <laughs> No. Throw up the 50-50 ball, dude, still come down with it. No. Throw up 50-50, his odds is like 3%. <laughs> his odds be like no. 25 No. Shout out to Nick Coleman, though. Shout out Shout to Nick, Nick Coleman, Coleman, man. <laughs> Shout out to Nick Coleman. That dude, is like, that. that dude is like Derek Jeter. Oh, man. Late in his career. Not much range, but always in position. <laughs> like, man, Nick Coleman literally was the best cover corner we had. Like, I swear to God, the best cover corner we had. Just, I don't know if it was just, just some people just don't got it, you know. It's just when it comes to ball skills or whatever. But, man, I'm talking about perfect coverage face-to-face. Yeah. It's yeah. just the ball just.
So five-star defensive tackle Justice Scott <laughs> is going to be visiting Notre Dame on this coming weekend, March the 25th. That will be the day after the pro day. And Notre Dame, which uh, I spoke to him about two weeks ago. And see, this is why I tell people to relax when it comes to Justice Scott. There's not one thing that Justice Scott has told me that he didn't do. Okay, now, now, now. I'm just telling you. Let me give you uh, an example of your Chicago guys. Another okay. guy I felt real good about. No, 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 no. No, no. Who? Who? No, you felt good about it. <laughs> so I never said Carnell Tate was coming to Notre Dame. Never. I wrote three articles about how Notre Dame screwed it up in the beginning. <laughs> How they okay. should be out in front of Ohio State. Yeah. We had conversations before the shows we take with him and after the shows. You know darn well what he told us before and after. Never led us to believe he was coming to Notre Dame. You can stop. You can stop that. You can stop that. Oh, man, these Chicago guys, man, I'm telling you. Man, please. That dude never said one word. I think he was very nice based upon the things that we know that happened. That's right. And his recruitment. I think he was very nice. (laughs) I think he was very nice to Notre Dame, the way he spoke about them and everything. He was very nice. I'll leave it at that. But once again, Justin Scott told us that well, first of all, his top three headed into that original January 31st announcement were Ohio State, Michigan, Notre Dame. He openly admitted that he was going to commit to Notre Dame on the 31st. He pretty much said everybody knew that. Ryan Day showed up at his basketball game. Georgia shows up at his basketball game, and all of a sudden, he takes a break and says, you know what? And as he flat out told me this, he said, man, look, Notre Dame, I love Notre Dame. We've had conversations dating back to last year around this time where he was waiting on the Notre Dame offer. Waiting. That was the offer he was waiting for. And it didn't come on March 17th last year. That's the biggest miss of this whole thing, in my opinion. Yeah. Because this thing, once again, should be over. Yeah. He made it. He was about to make an emotional decision mm. in the midst of a basketball season. He took a step back, canceled his 30, January 31st commitment, said, I want to do my due diligence. He called Notre Dame. He told them why. Notre Dame told him, You should do that. Go ahead and do what you need to do. This is the interesting thing. For me, I felt like Notre Dame, people were panicking, like, man, I don't know if Notre Dame's going to get a visit. I'm like, what? Stop all this goofy talk. Stop falling for all this stuff. Georgia, Georgia is a player with Justice Scott because of what they are doing as a program. All this dream school stuff, man. 
Dream schools died when NIL started, so ain't nobody, you know. I'm not saying what other people's sources are saying or whatever. I don't have sources close to the situation. I go directly to the source. That's right. And I've been talking to this source for over a year. That's right. The offer he was waiting on at this time last year was not Georgia. It was Notre Dame. That's right. That's straight from his mouth. Now, what has transpired since then, the one school that pricked his heart and was ready to make get him to make an emotional decision was not Georgia. It was Notre Dame. That's right. Georgia's in the picture because they're back-to-back national champions, and they put four defensive linemen in the first round. They the can guarantee year. him. That's why they're in the picture. Not because it's his dream school. Not uh, when did they become his dream school? Because Georgia hasn't won since the last two years. That's right. Notre Dame has been on his mind since he got the St. Ignatius and before that. That's right. So look, it's a battle. It's a battle. That's it. I'm interested in seeing. Uh, spoke to him earlier. Notre Dame really pushed to get him on campus the 25th. Originally, I thought Notre Dame would want to be the last visit. Right? Because he told me, going back to a man of his word, just last weekend, not the weekend that just passed, the weekend before that, he lost to Simeon in the semifinals of the state championship. He told me, I'm taking a couple of days off to reboot, and then I'm starting my off-season training. And when I get to the next weekend, I'll start scheduling my visits. Everything is going the way he said it was going to go. I talked to him. I said, you started your workouts? Yep. That was the middle of the week. So everything is going the way he said it would go. He told me the love for Notre Dame is still the same. It hasn't changed. And there you go. In a perfect world, you get the unofficial on the 25th, and you bring them back for the official at the Blue and Gold game. And you, yep. lock, this, and you lock this thing up. Lock it up. You lock it up. You lock it up. I thought, man, be the last of the visits. Be the last thing on his mind. Notre Dame, because of all the buzz that's been going around, it seemed like they lost momentum. I actually think it's really smart to bring them right. in. You'll have national media around for the pro day. That national media will stay around for that practice on Saturday. You have Jaden Riddell, big-time tight end, five-star as well. Cam Williams. More than likely, will be driving down. That's one of his boys from Chicago. That's already committed to Notre Dame in the class of 2024. Heck, CJ Carr. If he's not at a 707 tournament, he might drive down. The magnitude and the importance of this weekend on the Notre Dame staff, they know, and that's why they pushed for him to get there this weekend because this weekend is going to naturally be big. It's already big. You have former players that are probably coming back to support the guys at the pro day, right? 
You had 25 kids coming in. 24 kids are coming in. Like we said, it's going to be a big weekend. So you need that buzz and that vibe when Justin Scott comes to campus. And like you said, it's an unofficial. Get him back on campus for the official at the Blue and Gold game. That's the best case scenario. But you change the narrative, you reconnect, and you reaffirm what he's already feeling in his heart. He's already felt it in his heart of where he wants to go. You reaffirm that. You reestablish that going into his other visits. And that's why, in my opinion, Notre Dame pushing for him to come in this weekend was absolutely the right thing to do. That's right. Absolutely the right thing to do. You want to show no weakness. You're bringing in Justin Scott and trying to seal the deal on that after all that what you could think would be negative press on recruiting and just the program itself, uh, showing strength that we can still pull this off and, and, and make it happen for somebody that wants to be there. I think that's another opportunity where we got a guy that high profile that wants to be there, a guy that can add tremendous uh, athleticism and, 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 and depth to a team that needs it. And we got to lock it up in this spring. We had a last big spring jamboree. We didn't lock it up. Now we got to lock it up this time. And let me tell you something. You give honor to whom honor is due. When we lament certain things surrounding certain coaches, we speak on it. We lament. We have lamented the defensive line recruiting. Two weeks ago, T.J. Lindsey was an afterthought when it came to Notre Dame on the defensive line. Notre Dame's firmly back in the picture with him visiting Notre Dame now. All the momentum looked like it was going towards Georgia with Justice Scott. Notre Dame gets the first visit on the biggest of weekends for them at the end of March. And Al Washington has made a really, really big impression on Justice Scott. He better. And he has a great relationship with Marquise Lightfoot as well. Oh, that's Chicago. Marquise Lightfoot said they talk multiple times, multiple times a week. Let's get that pipeline going. Oh, look, tip the cap, Notre Dame fans. You you, you talk, you, you speak negatively. When it's time to speak negatively, Give kudos because it seems like Coach Washington is recruiting his tail off. That's right. That's right. He's coaching his tail off. He got the first visit for Justice Scott. He's coaching his tail off. He's recruiting his tail off. He's doing everything he can to right the ship on the defensive line. So, you know, you have to tip the cap and say, hey, good job. Now you have to finish. Now you have to finish. And we'll see if they can finish, but I think it's a brilliant job. I think yeah. it's a brilliant job by Notre Dame. You need to quit. The fact that you tried to equate Justin Scott to Carnell Tate, come on, man. Chicago dudes, man, you don't know. That cat Carnell Tate was one of the best recruiting informants we ever had, though. That's true. He gave us the scoops. Carnell was telling us about stuff about Dante. 
He was telling us stuff about, man, remember what he told us about Michigan State? Yep. Inside sources. And the type of what was going on and how that season would probably go. He was yeah, spot man. on. Man, yeah, spot look. On. That cat, Carnell Tate. He was pretty good informant. The nice CI, man. <laughs> he was on our books. We had him on the books. Had him on the books, man. Lucky Lucky Podcast. Um, shout out to Cardell. But uh, just so you know, when you walk in, don't take this whooping personally. Straight up. South Bend and shit. Don't take it personally. Yeah. Because we he still love you. We still love you, but don't take it personally. So that's pretty much it, Left. You. Your thoughts on bringing Justice Scotty in for the weekend of the pro day, practice, national media, how impactful do you think it's going to end up being? Only if we get him. I mean, if we get him to sign a dotted line, it's impactful. Other than uh, that, yeah. <laughs> other than that, man, I mean, we, we're a great host. Whenever these events come around, we're great at hosting. Uh, but we got to start turning things into to the pot of gold that we're looking for. You know, I like that. I see what you did there. I like it. I like that. <laughs> v says CT is a recruiting snitch. He really is. He really is. He really is. Yo, he said some stuff. I remember the stuff he said about uh, a certain Big Ten coach. That was recruiting them. That is still hilarious to this day. Mm-hmm. Still hilarious to this day. Lucky Lucky Podcast. Did we get everything left? We get all our topics. We talked the uh, NCAA championship DNA. What needs to change? What yes. is Justice Scott? Hey, we hit on everything. Lucky right. Lucky Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube channel, Lucky Lucky Podcast. Share, hit the notification bell so you know every time we go live or post something, smash that like button and subscribe. Let everybody know Lucky Lucky Podcast. CMB Nation and Conjunctual Iris Breakdown. Home of the misguided passion. You already know. We spit it different. Coach Reed, Coach Carl Reed will be with us on Thursday. Hopefully we'll have Amir Carlisle tomorrow. Yeah, I'm hit, I hit him up. Hit me back. So, And then Wednesday, we will have our first show after. Man, practice starts at 7.30 Eastern, bro. I got to be on the road at like 5. Dang. <laughs> yeah, get up, get up, get up. It's a short trip, but it's all good. It's all good. You know what time it is. Oh, no sound? I don't know. Why is there no sound, bro? Mm, I have no clue why this is not doing its thing, bro. Let's try this again. What? Ah, I see what I did. Uh... Very good.
It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Now, are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's petty historic Petty Junction? Petty Junction, Petty Story of the Day, brought to you by Adora Whiskey, AdoraWhiskey.com, that premium American whiskey, AdoraWhiskey.com. Colin Cowherd, Petty Train, dude. Come on, man. It's bigger than that. First of all, I don't play that waiting 10 years, 20 years after somebody's career is done to try and, like, lessen who they are. I don't go for that clown stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Not for the, not for our, our not for our icons. Because I wouldn't let anybody do that to LeBron 20 years from now. You're right. We're not You're doing right. that. We're not doing that. Not doing that. First of all, you're trying to make this man seem like he's bad at business. He's not a great picker of talent <laughs> all i know is he's about to make a 400 percent profit on his investment that's true that's sound business to me he got a full feature film about his shoe coming out dog about his shoe and look at the jerseys in the sweet 16 it's a lot of logos that represent him on those jerseys. I'm just saying. Just you want to talk about success? I think he, he kind of represents that. That's just my opinion, love. Just an opinion. Just my opinion. I think he represents success very well. Petty Train, Mario Chalmers, formerly of the NBA, former teammate of LeBron James. Hey, man. Come on down, man, to the petty truck. Here's Gronk. Nobody's like, damn, I gotta go play this Gronk tonight. Nobody said that. I don't know why. Right. Because I've seen people be scared when they actually line up to them, but they're not scared thinking about that matchup. Right. You hear anybody from that era talk about going against Jordan, there's a fear. Right. So when you have people that fear a player, then that's telling you something different already. Like, Jordan's just that guy. Like, everything was, I want to be like Mike. Right. Man, that cat Mario Chalmers, former teammate of LeBron James, saying that nobody feel LeBron. Yo. Now, remember Mario Chalmers was, used to always go at it with LeBron. Oh, he all, man, they constantly had fights on the bench. Mario Chalmers lasted as long as LeBron allowed him to last. And then he got him up out of there. Man, he got him a couple of chances. He, he should be thankful. That he got the grace to court <laughs> with a kid for Macri. That's all I'm going to say. He needs to start showing appreciation like Norris Cole. That's why Norris Cole is still a legend to this day. Mario Chalmers is a hater. That's why he's from Alaska. Bunch of haters what, up there. What did Norris Cole have to do with this conversation? Because that's the better guard. That's all I'm saying. He was a, he was a, a man contributor. 
way more so than Mario Haters Charmers. You're, dude, are you out of your mind? Did you just say Norris Cole was more of a contributor than Mario Chalmers to championship? Yeah, that's one hundred percent. Left, yeah. The kid Dude, from connected this with the Ohio, kid. this Ohio slanted propaganda has to stop, man. Mario Chalmers didn't last after LeBron. Norris Cole did. That means Mario Chalmers was a bus rider, and then when LeBron got off his stop in back in Cleveland, so did Mario Chalmers. <laughs> he went back home to Alaska. <laughs> Where they eat whale nuggets. <laughs> whale nuggets. They eat whale nuggets, not chicken nuggets, whale nuggets. Oh, man. Yo, did you read this article about the killer the killer dolphins over in the Indian Ocean? Oh, yeah, they're gangsters. Yeah, it was a crazy story, bro. Yeah. Dolphins are supposed to be super smart and safe. And... Oh, Coach Calipari, man. You put a Coach Cal on the petty trick? Was Saudi about Marquise Noel and his amazing Magic Johnson-like play? Called him a little guy. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Well, his starting point guard is actually his starting point guard who was injured is actually shorter <laughs> yeah. than Noel, but Wheeler, but <laughs> he was in. You call him a little guy. Kansas State played nice. I, I got him going pretty far. Yeah, it was good to see Keontae Johnson, who just recently, we, if if you haven't seen it, you know, collapsed on the floor. When he was at Florida during the game, and to see him uh, back healthy and back on the court, and, and basically hitting that dagger three yesterday that took Kentucky out, um, just good. Happy for the young man. Absolutely happy for the young man. Now I don't know if this Andrew Wiggins story is for real, man. But hey, if it is, man, man, that's all time petty, that boy. Man, that's, I mean, that's, that's a reason to miss the team randomly. Man. I mean, so you ain't just missing no NBA games for no personal issue for no reason. Right. It's, it's on the lines of, right. I'm raising somebody else's kids. Now, you know, the, the accused, the accused did take to Instagram to say that the internet is a place of, uh, Basically trying to refute, but she, but that person never directly refuted. Of what course, is being not. reported. She's just like, yo, just don't, just quiet on the exposure. <laughs> quiet down on the exposure, y'all. Y'all making it too big. It's already big enough. But if it's true, you're a dirty dog. I mean, oh my goodness, you are a dirty. And I know dog. her. I know her. Word. She went to Notre Dame. She played on the basketball team. Hey, man. Lucky Lefty Podcast. We got to stop it right there. Yo, hold up. Yo, hold on. Lucky Lefty Podcast. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow, man. That's enough information. Go check out Harris Breakdown. For left, I'm Sean Davis. (laughs) It's been a great Monday, great show. 
We'll see you tomorrow for another edition of the Lucky Lefty Podcast. Have all a fantastic right. Monday, but most of all, make sure that you spin it different. <laughs>